every year after serve day, I like to just come back with a message that says, hey, let's not stop doing what we did yesterday. It was good. Like yesterday was incredible, but we can't stop there. We're not, we're not going to hang around talking about how good it was yesterday. We're going to keep going. We've got a mission. We have a purpose. Amen. And part of that is, is reaching out. Part of that is making a difference. So what, what happens is um, like outreach is God's heartbeat. The whole reason he sent his son to the earth is because he loved the world so much. He didn't love him so much that we would get together like this and then, and then focus on the people inside the church and never go outside of the walls. He loved the world so much that he says, I want you to go out and begin to show people what it's like to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, right? So, so we, what we believe is, is that God has a journey for us. And if you're new to City Hope, the way we like to say it is um, that, that we have an agenda for you and God has an agenda for you. We, we'll just tell you up front, we've got an agenda for you. And here it is, four things, that we want you to know God. That, that's the bottom line. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. We want you to know him, to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ because that's where it all begins, right? So you start with knowing God so that you can find freedom. Because you can't find freedom, you can't settle yesterdays, you can't get past your past if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Are you with me today? Right? So you, you know God so you can find freedom, then discover your purpose. But you can't discover your purpose until you know him and you have a relationship with him, you've settled yesterday, then you can find out why God put you on this earth. I believe it was Mark Twain who said the two greatest days of a guy's life are the day he's born and the day he found out why he was born. So come on, let's discover why we're here so that in the end, we can live our lives making a difference. That's what it's all about. Here's what I want you to just write this in your notes. The way we like to say it is, the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. Like, God saved me, he rescued me, he cleaned me up, he gave me a fresh start. Not so that I could just live life doing whatever I want, but now it's to focus on making a difference in somebody else's life. Do you believe that today? Yeah. All right. So, so a lot of people believe it, but they don't know how to do it. Like, like. I mean, I think that, I believe that's true, Pastor Ben, but I'm not sure how to, how to do that. And so what happens is uh, the world, like we don't end up influencing the world, the world influences us. Am, is this, am I in the right church today? Yeah. All right, I didn't make sure this wasn't the first church of the chosen frozen. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I know, I, know, I know online you guys are like running around in your underwear just like so like, wow, that was so good, right? Because you're at home and nobody can see you. That would not be acceptable here, by the way. All right. No, really, really. Uh, the purpose of my life is to make a difference. But how? I mean, I, so what happens is we let the world influence us because we're not influencing the people around us. So let me say it this way. We are called to set the culture, not to reflect the culture. Let's go on to that next slide there. We're called to set the culture, not to reflect the culture. We're called to set the temperature. We're a thermostat, everybody. God's called City Hope Church to be a thermostat that dials into the to the right temperature. We're setting the temperature of what happens in Wichita Falls. I believe that's what the church is supposed to do. So if that's the case, if God's called us to set the temperature, to be the thermostat, then what, the way I look at it is, if, if that's true, if we're supposed to be setting the temperature, then crime rates should be decreasing in Wichita Falls. 
If the church is supposed to set the temperature, then teen pregnancies ought to be declining in our area. If we're, the, if we're supposed to set the temperature, then mental illness and suicides ought to be dropping off year by year because the church is beginning to make a difference. If we're, if we're the ones that are supposed to set the temperature and, and be the culture setters, then, then life change, poverty is going to decrease. Things like that are going to decrease and, and people will draw closer to the Lord. There'll be revival in our city. Amen. I believe that. So we're called to set the culture, not just to be the culture. So here's how we do that. In today's teaching, we're going to recognize, we're going to do two things. We're going to recognize our influence, and then we're going to exercise our influence. We're going to recognize and exercise. So another way to say it is we're going to see our influence, and we're going to be our influence. We're going to be the influence that makes a difference in the world around us. So when it comes to influence, we need to know that God gives us People in our lives that he's, he puts us there for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to influence them in a relationship with Jesus. Amen. The whole purpose that God gives us friends and family and relationships is not so we can just have fun. That's part of it. It's not just so we can have somebody to, to have a, a shoulder to cry on. That's part of it. But it's to influence people around us. So if that's, if that's true, um, let's take a look at something. See, God calls us to be rich. I want to be rich. Oh. Anybody remember that song back in the day? I want to be rich with a little love, peace, and happiness. Good. I, I, don't, remember, I don't remember the guy who sings it, but it's, it was a song back in the day, all right? I want to be rich. So, so God calls us to be rich. Now, in this passage we're going to look at, uh, Paul is talking specifically about finances, but I, I think we could, we could um, say that God wants us to be rich in every area of our lives, not just finances, okay? What God wants us to do is be rich in like the fruit of the spirit that we talked about last week. He wants us to be rich in love, peace, joy, happiness, uh, goodness, godliness, all of those things, self-control so that we can be generous to others. Check out 2 Corinthians it says, you will be made rich in every way, not just financially, but in all of these ways, in peace, you'll be made rich in joy. You'll be made rich in, in love. Why? So that you can be generous, so that you can hold it open-handedly, so that you can make a difference in every occasion. All right? So I, I know I'm supposed to be rich with people. I'm supposed to be rich in the love that God has for people. I'm supposed to be rich in my influence. But, but how do I recognize like what, what my influence is. How do, I, how do I figure that out? All right, let's take a look at Galatians. This is Paul talking again here. He says, if you wanna, like if you wanna know what you're supposed to do, you're, where, where am I supposed to, how do I figure this out? Like how do I recognize it? Make a careful exploration. Like become Dora the Explorer, right? Just, you just make a careful exploration of who you are, who did God create me to be, and the work that you've been given to do. You, you, you discover and you recognize who you are. What does God have for me? Why did he create me on this earth? And what am I here to do? Why did he put me on this earth? And then you sink yourself into that. You just go all in. You dive deep into those things and you'll begin to know your influence. You'll begin to recognize your influence. So I wanna show you two areas, talking about exploration, Two areas that I want us to explore today. All right, if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. 
All right, good, good, good. If you, so, so here we go, two areas to explore. Number one, we need to find out who our people are. Who's my people? Like, who, who, who are my people? God, who do you have? Who's my sphere of influence? And, and the people that God puts in our lives are the ones closest to you. Does that make sense? The people God gives you to influence are your neighbors, your coworkers, your, your, um, your business partners, your classmates. It's people that you do life with. In fact, sociologists say that, that we all have about 12 people who, who we're really close to. And the way they decided it's 12 people on average is that you, you take... Who do you spend an hour or more with every week, an hour or more every week, and, and they're in your close circle? Who do you spend an hour of your time with every week or more, and that's, that's your close circle? Uh, sadly, they also say that dads can't even include children in their circle of influence because the average father is only spending 49 minutes a week with their kids. Seven minutes a day, right? And so, and so our circle of influence is the people closest to us. It's the ones that we live with, laugh with, we play with. It's those people, the ones that we work with. And, and I remember when I got saved, before I gave my life to Christ, I was, I was a hooligan, right? Hooligans holiday. You know, some of y'all remember that song too. It's uh, Metallica, I think, right? Y'all uh, repent right now for singing that in church, right? No, really, like, I was, a, I was an orthodox heathen. No, really, I grew up in church. I grew up attending church every, every day of my life. We were there all the time. But I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I knew about Jesus. I mean, I could, I could quote scripture, but I didn't have a relationship with God. There was a lot of legalism involved and a lot of, like, self-righteousness and you better do this if you want to go to heaven. And it was very... Uh, it, was, it was hard to understand. And so I remember when I got saved, when I gave my life to the Lord, I just got on fire. It made sense to me. And I entered this relationship with Jesus. I started telling everybody I could about Jesus, like what he had done for me. I started telling them, like, man, you ought to come to church with me. I started carrying a Bible, not like a New Testament Bible, a study Bible to school with me. I'd be carrying it down the hall, like, hey, glory to God. Good to see you today, right? I didn't do that. But... I mean, it was obvious. I was a Christian, right? And so it opened up a lot of doors of opportunity to share my faith. And what, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus said it this way in Mark. He, he says, go home and, and tell your family and friends. What do you tell them? You tell them your story because a man's story is never at the mercy of someone's argument. You, you, you can't argue with somebody else's story because it's their story. It's what God did in their life. And you tell them how much God has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And you just let them know, this is what God did for me. And if he did it for me, then I'm pretty sure he could do it for you too. Amen. 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 And you just begin to tell your people what God's done for you. So, so God puts you in a circle of influence. And that, that's, that's, what he's, that's your people. All right, number two, the second thing we discover is we need to discover our place. God, what's my place in life? And, th and there's a lot of um, variables to this. There's workplace, there's your home life, there's, there's athletics, there's recreation, there's working out. There's a lot of places that we could have influence. And I, today, I want to share with you seven 
spheres of influence. Seven spheres of influence. And um, I'm going to go through these pretty quick. But seven spheres of influence I want you to know about. And the first one is this, is family. You're trying to discover your sphere of influence. It's your family. See, the family is, it, 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 is, it is where, uh, it's one of the most important units in, in the world. But what's happening in our nation is the, 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 the family unit is disintegrating and so is the social world. So, as goes the, the, the family unit, so goes the culture. Is anybody following me today? So what's happened is we're losing influence in the family as we know it. The second one is church, the church world. The, the, there are 384,000 churches in America. Less than 20% of Americans attend church on any given Sunday. Average church attendance is now 1.6 times per month. And, and so even the church can't influence their own people. The, the church is losing influence in a lot of cities, in a lot of regions. The church has no influence in the city or the culture whatsoever. So we're losing influence there. Number three is education. That we can influence people in, in education. We, that, that's, if I'm a student, that's where I go to school. I'm talking kids to college. Like you, you, can, you can have influence there. Uh, but what's happened today is, is that um, I'm not talking Republican, Democrat. I'm just saying that there is, um, there is a real influence from the darkness of this age that is uh, a philosophy that's humanistic and very liberal, teaching our, our kids in school some things that just are anti-God. They're anti-God. So, so as Christians, we're losing the influence in, in education. And so it's time for us to influence once again. To stand up and be an influencer, number, number four is media. This is any, any news outlet, right? And, and for sure, Christians have lost the influence there. So let's gain the influence again. Let's, let's, let's let God be famous for once and not the local church. Let whatever we do, let it point to Jesus and not just, not just a place, but a church, or, or, but Jesus. And so the next one is arts and entertainment and sports. So, so this is where a lot of our uh, young people today are looking to influencers on social media, looking to influencers on Instagram or YouTube, and, 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 and they're hoping that maybe one day my life can be like Mr. Beast. Come on, somebody. You just want to be like Mr. Go, go look him up on YouTube. Pretty awesome. I love it. It's cool to watch. It's great. Right? Awesome. But our, our, our lives are being influenced by people we don't even know by influencers who are telling us we ought to buy this, we ought to buy that. Hey, how about the local church step back into a place of influence once again and influence the community and influence the people around it? Number seven, or number six rather, is business and economy. That, hey, you can be a Christian and be a business owner. How about that? That you can, you can, you can be a man of God or a woman of God and own a business and operate a place and, and, and really be a light in the world around us. You can, you can influence people in the marketplace in your job, number seven is, is the government. Come on, we, we've lost our influence as, as a Christian in the government. And I know there's debate like, uh, hey, you know, separation of church and state, though, Pastor Ben. Well, from, from the beginning, um, 
there was no separation in the beginning. That's why you put your hand on a Bible when you, tell the, when you, when you swear to tell the truth in a courtroom, right? That's why there was Ten Commandments hanging on the walls in judicial systems because it was founded on those principles. Separation of church and state was never meant to keep the church out of the government. It was meant to keep the government out of the church. And you say, well, I mean, there's got to be a separation there. Let me give you an example. Let me talk about foster care, for example. Foster care wasn't invented by the government. It was invented by a minister in New York. Did you hear that? A minister. It was, it was uh, some church people who got together and said, you know what? There's 30,000 immigrant children on the streets of New York in the late 1800s. We got to find something to do. We've, we've got to make a difference here. And the local church stepped in to make a difference. When I look at th- when I've experienced catastrophes and disasters in my ministry experience, it's never the government that does a great job meeting the needs of people. It's always the local church that steps in and begins to meet the needs of the people in ways that the local government can't, right? Because that's what the church is for. We're supposed to influence. But what, what's happening is we're like, no, that's not really for us. You know, we just need to stay out of things. No, we need to be influencers. We, need, we are influencers. Amen. All right, all right. I was about to say I'm preaching better than y'all amen, but I won't say that. I won't say it. I'll just say I was going to say it, but uh. so we're supposed to influence people. We're supposed to have a sphere of influence that we're making a difference. Now, when we discover our people and our place, then we can start to exercise our, our influence, exercise. When I think about the word exercise, I think of uh, growing up and I would go to this small mall, uh, a little small town mall, not too far from us. And at that point it was, had already turned into a walking, uh, facility for, for people who wanted to get their power walk on, you know, so they walked like this down the halls. And that's when I, when I think of exercise, I think of, you know, little old ladies walking, power walking. Well, that, Hey, that's part of it. We, we got to put some action to our influence we got to put some action to our influence. So let's, let's talk about uh, three questions that we need to ask and answer in order to influence. Okay, number one, why, sh- why should I do it? Why? Just jot that in your notes. Just ask yourself, why should I do good to people? Why should I, like, go over the top? And, and I, I think uh, that a lot of us, we think doing good is just not being bad, right? Well, I mean, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. At least I didn't say that thing, right? We, we, we kind of equate good to not being bad, but it's more than that. You see, God, what God wants us to do is he wants to, us to use our lives for the benefit of people around us. So it's not just about us. It's not self-absorption. It's not just about what's good for me, what's the benefit for me. This is about how can I make a difference in people. And people are never closer to living out the, the teachings of Jesus than when they are adding value to people's lives. I'm going to say that again. You're never closer to Jesus than when you're adding value to people. Why? It's because you're actually acting like a Christian. Like, like it blows people away in the city when you actually act like Jesus acted. Like when we actually do what we say we're going to do, it blows them away. They're impacted by that because they go, oh, the, these people are for real then. Like, oh, okay. They're not wanting something from me. They want something for me. 
oh, you're not selling me a bottle of water? You want to give it to me at the traffic stop? Okay, that's weird. I was going to give you 20, but I'll take the bottle of water instead. Like, we don't need your money. We don't want your money. We want to bless you. That's what Christians do. Christians, Christians give. They're generous with their time, talent, and their treasure. They want to be a blessing. And so why should I do good? Uh, it's because it, it, it makes us more like Jesus. It makes us more like Christ. Why, why should I do good? Why should I focus on some good deeds? Uh, the best way I know to answer it is because it's God's will. Like, why should I do good? Because he, he destined you to do good. Now, let me be clear and say, you're not saved by good works. We can never be saved by good works. No amount of good works will ever get us into heaven. But here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 2. It says that we are created to do good works. So after you get saved, like after you get saved, he doesn't rapture you to heaven. Have you ever thought about that before? Like, why doesn't God just, why doesn't he just beam me up, Scotty? Why didn't he just take me on to heaven when I get saved? It's because he has good works for you to do. He's got more people on the earth that he wants to reach. He's got more people who don't know about him than there are people who do know about him. And so he, he calls us to do good works in which God has prepared for us in advance. God's prepared this for us before we were ever born, before you were a twinkle in your dad's eye. He had work for you to do. He had something for you to do. So it's his destiny for us. Mother Teresa says we're the hands and we're the feet of Jesus. Um, uh, first, uh, the, the scripture says that we're his ambassadors. We are his workers. And that's what we do is we work. Oh, but Pastor Ben, it's hard work, but it's good work. It's a hard work, but it's a good work. It's a rewarding work. So, so if we're gonna, we're gonna be criticized along the way, I just need you to know that. If you, if you were to call City Hope home, City Hope would be criticized along the way. Just be prepared for that. But if we're gonna be famous for something, let's be famous about how, we, how well we treat people, how we care about people, how we take care about people, how, how we just love people. Come on, let's be famous for something like that. Amen? So that's, the, the why is... God called us to. He, he destined us to. Num number two, the question is, where should I do good? I mean, like, is it a church thing that you want me to do good at church? You want me to be one way at church and then one way, you know, everywhere else? But that's what turns people off. You know what? That's what turns people away from the church is when we act one way here and another way there. When we started our church, we did a little survey. And we asked uh, the, the people in Wichita Falls, we did a little social media ad and we asked people to tell us why don't you go to church assuming you don't go to church why the number one answer was because you're judgmental i'm not going to go to church where people judge me number two you're hypocrites you say one thing you act another way number three was you're too political you vote for trump and you don't like immigrants Really? So you know what that told us? Is we're not going to be that kind of church. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not, we're not going to be political. We're just not going to do things like that. We're not going to live our lives hypocritical. We're going to mess up. One of our sayings here is that if you think you don't have issues, then that is your issue. Because we all have issues. I'm off track. Why should I do good? Where should I do good? So a lot of people think, well, church or small group. No, no, you do good wherever you are. 
just everywhere. Wherever you are, there you are. And that's where you should do good. You should be, you, you, should, you should do acts of kindness just wherever you go. Here's what the scripture says in, in, in Acts chapter 3. This is Peter. And uh, he's, he and John are going up to the temple one day. They're just minding their own business. They're going through routine. They're living their life, going to pray at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those uh, from those going into the temple courts. So they have this little exchange there. The, the, the guy's wanting some alms because he's crippled. And then Peter says to him, hey, silver or gold, I do not have. Which, by the way, was a common statement I made to people when I tried to convince them to come move to Wichita Falls to help us start this church. (laughs) They'd be like, "Uh, well, what do you have for me there? Silver or gold, have I none? (laughs) But I can pay you in vision. I can pay you with vision. How about that? None of them, well, two families took me up on it, but a lot of people didn't, right? So silver or gold, I don't have. But what I do have... I'm giving it to you. Hey, I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of talents or I don't have a lot of treasure. Whatever your reason is, whatever you don't have, but I do have this. And Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the Bible says he took him by the hand and helped him up. And I just think that God is looking for some people in Wichita Falls who would say, I've got a little bit of time. I can mow some neighbor's yard. I've got a little bit of finances. I can, I can take care of that meal for the widow. I, I've got a little bit of uh, talents that I can offer to people who may be suffering. They may be hurting. I can counsel for some folks. I can pray for some folks. Whatever it is, I can help them up. I can take them by the right hand and get them back on their feet again i think god's looking for some people like that who would say that's me that's what he's called me to do so what do you have what do you have whatever it is it's enough whatever you have it's enough it's enough to work so um dr albert schweitzer says he says keep your eyes opened for the little tasks the little things because it's the little kind tasks that are important to Jesus. It's the little things that are important to Jesus. Why don't we see the little things? Why why don't we see that? I think it's because, because we're too busy. I think we don't see the little thing because we, we greet somebody and they have their facade on, they're smiling. And so we assume everything's great. But what we don't know is that they're hurting on the inside. They're wounded. Maybe they're dealing with bitterness or brokenness. There's something in their life. And we don't see that. Because we're, we're, we're just too busy to notice where they're hurting. Because hurry is the enemy of love. We're hurried. We're going from one place to the next. And we, we just don't pay attention to where someone might be hurting. So why should I do good? It's God's will. Where? Everywhere. We've got to see the need. We've got to see people. We've got to see their hurts. We've got to see what's going on in their life. And then number three, number three, how should I do good? I know why and where, but talk about the how. How should I do good? And this is the cool part of being a Christian. The cool part of being a Christian is the Holy Spirit gets involved. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. And this is the part that I want you to know. I want you to experience this part for your life. Where where should I do good? Everywhere. Why? Because it's his will. 
How? Just jot this down. However the Holy Spirit leads you. Just however he leads you. I believe, I believe this principle, and I'm, I missed it this week. I was, um, I was having coffee, and, and I saw someone leaving the coffee shop, and I thought, I need to tell them something. But I'm, I'm in the middle of a conversation already. I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to walk away. So I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll see her later. And it's been eating at me all week long that I missed that opportunity. That the Holy Spirit just nudged me a little bit. Just said, hey, you need to give, you need to say this in kindness and love. You, you, it wasn't anything wrong or bad. I just felt him prompt me. And I missed that opportunity. But that's what the Holy Spirit does is he prompts us. The Holy Spirit comes alongside to teach us, to counsel us, to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to empower us. He, he's not some, like, the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. Right? I know some of us, like, we, well, our church didn't talk about the Holy Spirit because you know them holy rollers. No, people are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit speaks and he, he nudges us and he leads us and he's, he's so kind and he's so gentle that he'll give you a mission throughout the day. You'll be driving through the, the fast food line. You'll be getting some, some of God's chicken, right? Some, some Chick-fil-A and, and you'll just feel like, man, I should, I should pay for the person behind me and you just, you just do that and, and you never know the story. You never hear anything else about it but you never know what difference it made in their lives. Uh, yesterday we heard a story. Uh, Pastor Caleb told a story of uh, uh, um, last month Sputter Park, we show up there every single month and we feed uh, nearly 500 people every single month. Just, just loving on people. No strings attached. But there was a lady who, she came, she had, she had a bunch of girls at her house. They were having a slumber party for her daughter. And, and uh, she went to the bank the next morning, got the last $20 out of their account so that she could go find something for lunch for these girls. And then she saw somebody in a red shirt holding a sign that just says, lunch is on us. She pulls into the parking lot and we happily give her 20 hamburgers because it, it doesn't matter. We'll give you all of it. It doesn't matter. We'll go buy more. It doesn't matter. Like, like, and so she left there being encouraged knowing that God was still on the throne, that God still loved her, that God still had a plan and that God was answering her prayers. Come on, just a little act of kindness like that. Why? Because, because of a nudge. But because we, we said, you know what? We're going to be there every single month. We're not going to stop. And you just, you just take... Here, here's what you do. Matthew Barnett says, you find a need and you fill it. You find a hurt and you heal it. That's what you do. You let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What? Who can, who can I do this for? Who has a need that I can meet that need? Who has a hurt that I can help with that hurt? And I love what St. Francis says. He says, what you do is, is you preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. We, we don't have to have a big long sermon about how to preach, how to share our faith. No, we, we just live our lives in a way that other people go, I want to be like that. We live our, we talked about it last week. We live a life that is attractional to people around us. 
that when they see us, they go, I don't know what it is about them, but I really like that guy. I don't, I don't know what church he goes to, but I, th- I think I might have to check that out because I saw, the, I saw who, who, he, who he used to be and I see who he is today. And there's a big difference. And God gets involved in the mix. It's the Holy Spirit. He speaks and he leads and he guides. So where or why should I give? Why should I be doing good things? Because God tells us to. He, he commands us. It's a destiny for us. Where? Everywhere. How? Holy Spirit. You just lean on him. And I want to show you a verse that um, I read a few months back. I gave it to us in a message a few, a few months ago back in May. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to give you in details what I gave you then. So, so this verse is Isaiah 58. And it's a, it's a promise of God that if you do this, then God promises 12 things he will do in return. You do this, I'll do this. I'm not going to list these 12 things today. If you want to know those, you can go back to the first Sunday of May and watch that online, the very end of the, the, my message. 12 things, okay? But I want to read this scripture because in, in the message paraphrase... I, I love the way it reads. But if we will live out our lives for the, for the good of other people, making a difference, God promises he will open the windows of heaven over our lives. Check this out. Do you think that this is the kind of fast that I'm after? A day to show off humility? That's really pride. To, to put on a pious long face and, and to parade around solemnly in black. He says, do do you call that fasting? Is that what I want from you, God says? The next verse, this this is the kind of fast I want for you. He says, here's what I want. I want you to break the chains of injustice. I want you to get rid of exploitation in the workplace. I want you to free the oppressed. I want you to cancel people's debts like you did last year when you paid off nearly a million dollars of overwhelming medical debt for people in Wichita County. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry like you did yesterday at Sputter Park when you provided over 560 meals for people who just wanted a free lunch, got a free meal. Their kids were able to have a blast and just have some fun. That's what I want, is I want you to invite the homeless poor into your homes. I want you to put clothes on the shivering ill-clad like you did during the snowstorm back in February when people were shivering in their homes and it was 32 degrees and they they didn't know how they were going to get anywhere or when the power was going to come back on, but somebody showed up in a four-wheel drive and took them to your church so there could be a shelter and warmth and hope and a meal. I want you to be available to your own families. And if you do this, the lights will turn on. If you do this, your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. Come on, this is the promises. The God of glory will secure your passage. And then when you pray, God's gonna answer and you're gonna call out for help and he'll say, here I am. And if you get rid of the unfair practices and if you quit blaming victims and if you quit gossiping about other people's sins and if you are generous with the hungry and you start giving yourselves to the down and out, check out what happens. Here's the promises that your you your lives will begin to glow in the dark. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles and strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. You'll rebuild the foundations out of your old past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. 
well, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Hey, I heard City Hope has a serve day every month. They love to take care of stuff like that. Hey, I don't know how I'm going to take care of this situation. The roof's falling in. Got a leak. I can't afford to fix it. Hey, I, I know they don't have all the answers, but check with City Hope because I heard that they have a serve team that loves to just fix anything they can. They just want to make a difference to restore the old ruins, to rebuild and to renovate, to make Wichita Falls livable again. I think that's what God wants for us. Yesterday was awesome, but it doesn't start, it doesn't stop there, it starts there. It doesn't end there, it continues there. That every day, everywhere I go, I have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit and to do good in the world around me. I have the ability to recognize and exercise my influence that God's given me in the world around me. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks for that today. Let's thank Him for that. See, some of you wonder where those blessings of God are in your life. Like, why? Why? Why am I not experiencing these blessings, these promises of God in my life? It's because God, God blesses those who, who get in the game. God blesses those who live their lives for eternity, for somebody else. And so I want to ask you, just bow your heads with me today and let me ask a question. What, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he speaking to your heart today? What's he whispering to your heart? Where, where you are? Right? This is not a message of guilt or condemnation. Hey, I just, I just want to keep lighting the fire. That's all I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to look back in 30 years and ask, how did we end up here? Remember when it used to be like this. No, no, no. We have a mission. We have a purpose. And, and if you're here today and you'd say, Ben, you're talking to me. I want to take my serve to the next level. I want to take my, my, what I do for the kingdom of God, my ability to serve, my ability to love, my, my ability to, to, um, to make a difference. I, I'm ready. I'm all in. I want to take it to the next level. I want the blessing of God on my life. If that's you, would you slip up your hand today? Let me pray for you. Amen. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your, your, your speaking to every person in this room today. Holy Spirit, you, you speak to all of us. And Lord, all of our lives, we're not supposed to be cookie cutter. We're not supposed to all look the same, act the same, dress the same, talk the same. We're not supposed to just be one and the same in, in terms of how we make a difference. But we are unified in the body. God, I pray that you'd begin to speak to people today about how they can make a difference in their world. How, how you can use them in their, in their place with their people. God, I pray that you would take their serve to a new level. That they would find hope, that they would find strength, that they would find peace. That, that they would find grace and strength in what you've called them to do today. They would take it to the next level by your power, by your spirit. Jesus name and with your head still bowed if you're here and and you're far from God honestly you, you are um, you've drifted from God maybe at one point you 
had a deep relationship with Jesus, but you've, maybe you've fallen away. You've turned your back. Or maybe you've never known Jesus as your Savior. This whole message is about making a difference, but the greatest difference you can make today is in your own life by asking Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. That means that you've got to give up your way and let Him have His way in your life. That you give up control and let Him have control in your life. So if you're here today and you say, Ben, that's me. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I want Him to be my Savior and be my Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you and I won't single you out. But if that's you, on the count of three, would you just slip up your hand? One, two, three. Come on, just slip up your hand. That's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. I want Jesus to be my Savior, my Lord, my God, my King. Amen. Amen. Come on, be courageous. Be bold. That's me, Pastor Ben. All right. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus. I give you my life, all that I am, all that I have, I surrender. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Wash me, make me new. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will serve you and I will follow you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's thank God for his saving grace today.